Good morning. Um, lovely to be here uh, as we worship this morning. Welcome if you're in person or indeed if you're online and you come to join us um, today, we bid you a, a warm welcome. Um, a few uh, sins of scripture as we begin. Uh, they come today from the Gospel of John um, and chapter 14, um, verse 11. It says, I have told you, Jesus says, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. The promise and the words of Jesus that if we abide in him, he gives us his joy. That's where our joy is made complete, whenever we are in him. And so we come to worship a God who is alive and who is well today. Let's pray as we begin. Merciful God. You prepared for those who love you such good things as pass all our understanding. Pour into your hearts such love towards you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promise, which exceeds all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The reading today comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through to 14. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. In his in his sight, in love, he presented us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all the wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to good, good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will reach the fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we are also chosen, Having, him, having been presented according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory, and you also included in Christ. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him and a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory, here ends the reading. Thank you, Rebecca, uh, for reading uh, for us um, today. Um, first chapter of Ephesians is uh, one of my favourite chapters, actually, in the Bible. Um, it has so much packed into it, and it speaks to us on so many levels. Uh, but one of the things that it does actually speak uh, about um, is the relationship with, between us and God. It's about relationship because God is not some distant being out there in the ether, somewhere, anywhere. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three distinct persons, yet one Mind-blowing, I know, um, more than we could explain um, today. But it's in that personhood of God 
that we have a relationship. We can't have a relationship. Well, you have, in a sense, an innate relationship with the chair that you're sitting on. You're on it. It's there. It's supporting you. It's holding you up. But you can't develop that relationship. You can only develop the relationships with other individuals, with another person. Those relationships grow uh, over time, don't they? But in this letter to the Ephesian church, as Paul wrote it, Ephesians is a real letter of encouragement to the church, a charge to the church to keep going, um, but also to grasp how big and wide and deep the God that they worship really is. And Paul opens it in this verse 3 with praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with the heavenly realms for every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are to give him the glory. That's part of the relationship that he has for us and with us. He deserves the glory. We reach for that. We, We praise him. We point to him. What we show him by our lives, our actions, our words uh, to people around us. There's a little song or a hymn, um, chorus, whatever way you want to put it. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and you will see what the Lord has done. And it goes on, but it repeats that refrain over and over again. Because often whenever we come to praise the Lord, we need to almost sit back and take stock of where we are to give thanks for who he is and all that he has done for us. Now, we've just um, finished a week with um, an Exodus team here uh, in the parish. Um, And over the course uh, of that week, um, Monday through to Wednesday, there was about approximately 750 doors knocked um, in the parish, in the geographical parish boundary, and asked an opinion of what to think of our community uh, and what we as a church could begin to do for them, if anything. Uh, we had a table quiz on a Thursday night, and uh, lots of people were here for that. We uh, had a treasure trail uh, on the Friday night uh, with animals up trees and all kinds of stuff, uh, and the posters are still up for that. So if you know someone of probably primary school age who would like to do that, they can scan QR codes starting at the front door of the church uh, and working your way around a 15-minute walk uh, around the community telling the story of Noah and God's faithfulness and the promise that God has given us. Do you know, we had a lot to give thanks for in the last week. A lot of connections made there with people who we had no connections with, uh, conversations being stirred, and a real presence out in the community. Whenever we were out on the streets, we wore bright yellow high-fizz jackets, um, and I was going to say nearly caused some accidents as people sort of stared around to see what it was that we were doing. Uh, but, but there was a real sense, actually, by the, by the Wednesday morning, we weren't out in the mornings, but by the Wednesday morning, whenever I was out and about walking in the community, uh, people were stopping and asking me, James, what are you doing this way? Everywhere, everywhere I go, I see a yellow jacket. And, and so there's a stirring happening there, people asking questions about who we are as a church and what we're doing. Let's give God the praise for that, the glory for that. Let's continue to point to him as we take the encouragement from his scriptures today. Because you see, verse 4 goes on to say, for he chose, us in, in, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons 
through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure and will. We're adopted. Chosen is another word. There's something uniquely special about that. That God has looked at you and I and he saw worth and value in us that often we probably don't see in ourselves. And he said, come be my son, be my daughter, be a part of my family. That goes against that old adage of you can choose your friends, but not your family, doesn't it? If you're part of God's family, he has chosen you to be a part of it. And an all of the world religions, that's a part of the uniqueness of Christianity. God chooses us. We step into that relationship with him. And as we get to know him, that relationship grows and blooms and blossoms. And we can only be chosen into his family because of the sacrifice that he has done for us. Like we sung at the beginning, how deep the Father's love for us. See, verse 7 says, In him we have redemption. That's being made right. Through his blood, for the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished in us with all wisdom and understanding. It's at the foot of the cross that we gain an understanding of what God has done for us, that he would take the penalty, pay the price for me, for my dirty, rotten sin, the things that I've done wrong, that he would die for that. And the scriptures say the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You think about a gift, whatever you're giving it to someone, you first have to go and purchase it, don't you? Before you can give it to them. So the gift of eternal life has been purchased for us and is now given over to us by the God that we worship, the God that chooses us. And it's in that moment, whenever we receive his gift, whenever we receive the gift, of his son and his sacrifice, whenever we receive Jesus Christ as our saviour, it's in that moment, like we said a little earlier, his joy begins to reside in us and we are made complete. Because he is sovereign. Verse 9, nine says, And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. For me, I don't know about you, but for me, to know that it's not me who's in control can actually be a really good thing. Now, sometimes there are times I want to take control. <laughs> there are times that I want to be the driver in whatever it is that's going on around me and in my life. But to rest in the truth and the knowledge that the Lord is sovereign 
and that he has this. And it is him, the creator and sustainer of the world, who knows best, who has chosen me as his son, who has adopted me into his family, and who is sovereign over everything and whose hand is upon me, I can begin to rest and lean into him in that moment and know that he is present with me. I wonder, is that something that you can be assured of? Something that you can rest and lean into as well today? Because there's a freedom in that, actually. Even more freedom in that than being in control and trying to set the agenda. And over and over again in this passage in Ephesians, it talks about us being chosen. Listen, verse 11, And in Him we also were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Take that back. This is the Apostle Paul writing. Somewhere in around AD 70, AD 90. But take that back to the truth that's contained from King David as he writes in the Psalms, in Psalm 139. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that the Lord knit you together in your mother's womb. Before one of your days came to be, he has already known what they would be. And we see that God's hand has been upon our lives from even before birth. It doesn't leave us hanging. The scriptures never, ever leave us hanging. Because if all of that wasn't good enough, it says there's an inheritance that is waiting for us. Verse 13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise and glory of his name. You're sealed. It's a deposit. We don't pay deposits as much now, sure we don't. <laughs> Remember those days you used to go into a shop and you saw something that you quite liked and you paid a, a deposit, a, a certain amount, to make sure it's kept for you? Whenever you realize that you're chosen and adopted and you take that step towards the Lord and you receive him as Savior, then a deposit is placed in you. It means you cannot be taken away. You're sealed for all eternity by him and for him. And that deposit means that there's an inheritance coming, that there's the fullness of all that God is, is going to come to you. Now, often we imagine that that comes whenever we get to eternity, whenever we get to heaven, whenever we leave this earth. But our life on this earth, as the scriptures say, is only a twinkling of an eye, a breath. Like a flowers of the field, we wither and we flourish, but then we wither and fade. And so actually, our, our time on this earth is only a, a minutiae of our life in all of eternity. 
And yes, the fullness of God will come whenever we see him face to face. Whenever we dwell in his presence where there's no more suffering, no more pain, no injustice, no more tears, no more crying. But because that deposit is upon us whenever we receive Christ in this place, that relationship begins with a God who is relational, who has adopted us and chosen us. Because that starts, that deposit is there, then we can receive more of him now. We don't have to wait until we die to get everything. Otherwise, the words of Jesus would be a lie whenever he said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life in all of its fullness. In the here and the now. That's why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done now. Here on earth as it is in heaven. And so I suppose the challenge from this passage from Ephesians today is do we recognize and realize how chosen we really are? That we've been adopted into his family. If we realize that, do we realize the fullness of what that actually means? Because that's amazing. And there's so much more yet to come. The Lord is not finished with us yet. As we close, uh, we have a blessing. Again, it comes from the book of Ephesians today. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we ask, seek or even dare to imagine. To him be hope and glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.